Welcome back to the Jim Lee Show. I'm very excited to talk to our next guest. He brings together several of my passions for politics and history and theater. He'll be in Springfield next week performing the one-man show Give Him Hell Harry. The, uh, the words, the humor, the passion of Harry S. Truman... And, and who better to do it because he is the grandson of the late President Harry S. Truman. Clifton Truman Daniel is here with us live this afternoon by phone ahead of his appearance in Springfield next week. And Mr. Daniel, welcome to the program. Great to have you here with us. Thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate it. Well, I, I have so many things I want to ask you. Uh, and I'll be honest, the, the first thing that popped into my head is where I'm going to start, which is just simply, what's it like to play your own grandfather on stage? Before we get into you know everything about his life and his legacy, that's got to be a kind of a, a, a strange thing to go up there and to embody your own grandfather. Strangest retirement program anybody's ever come up with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, uh, let, let, let's go back to the beginning of this. Uh, Give Him Hell, Harry, uh, a, a great stage play. It was a motion picture in the 1970s. James Whitmore made this famous. How did you decide to take this on? Uh, years ago, I, since I took early retirement from my last job in public relations, I started giving speeches about my grandparents and about White House history and U.S. history. And at the end of these speeches, some of them, people would come up and say, well, I see the resemblance. And I thought, okay. And I remembered James Whitmore doing Give Him Hell, Harry. I saw it. I saw the movie version on a flight of all places. And I remember that. And I went back and, and told the friends that I was staying with, and they immediately said, you should do that. And then I ran into another old friend here in Chicago who happens to be the, uh, the director, the manager of Thalian Hall Center for the Performing Arts in Wilmington, North Carolina, where I used to live. And uh, he said, oh, that's interesting. Next thing I knew, he had two weeks set aside, and he said, learn the script and and get your tail down here and we'll do it. (laughs) Uh, And and so how much lead time did you have to prepare that to to do a one-man show? And had you you done theater before, or was this your your first uh, toe in the water for that? No, I had done theater in Wilmington. I was a journalist in Wilmington for 15 years, and that was my day job, my, my hobby, my night job, always hoping it would, you know, land me in Hollywood with a mansion, which it did not. But uh, that was that was what I did in the evenings. I, I did live stage. So I, this director, Tony Reifenbark, I'd worked with him for years. So no, it was not my not my first time. And I had I had months to learn the script. I we I think uh, he and I had he and I had dinner with my wife when he was visiting Chicago in the late summer, early fall of 2016, and we did it uh, in October of 2017 in Wilmington. We're talking with Clifton Daniel. He is the grandson of President Harry S. Truman. will be portraying his grandfather on stage in Springfield next week. We'll have more about the play and the local performance coming up. But I want to ask you uh, about your recollections of your grandfather. Now, uh, you were a teenager when he passed away, correct? Correct. I was 15. Okay. So tell me what what you remember uh, of him growing up. I remember Grandpa. We, my parents, my parents tried to keep our lives as normal as possible. They didn't tell me early on that I was related to a U.S. president or that the guy I knew as grandpa had been president. I found out in school 
thank God it was first grade and not, you know, fifth or sixth. <laughs> and I went into school that morning. The teacher asked everybody to, to give their names and say a little something about themselves. And apparently all I did was give my name. And she kept me standing, and she said, but wasn't your grandfather president of the United States? And I said, I don't know. I, <laughs> news to me. And I went home that afternoon, and I dropped my book bag at the door, and I marched across the living room to my mother, and I put my hands on my hips, and I said, Mom, did you know that? <laughs> and, and she looked at me and said, yes, but just remember something. Any little boy's grandfather can be president. Don't let it go to your head. Wow. That is that is a, an amazing story. But, uh, you know, and I think we've all maybe tried to envision what it would like if we secretly discovered that we were the progeny of greatness. But uh, <laughs> what what did you do with that knowledge then? You know, growing up, how, how did you cope with the realization that not only was your grandfather president, but made some of the most momentous and important decisions in U.S history, such as the decisions that brought about the end of the Second World War. I mean, that's that's a lot to take in as a kid. Yeah, it, but you, I think the way I dealt with it, and I don't know about a lot of the other, my friends in the uh, presidential descendants circle, you, I sort of, he was two people to me. He was the guy in the history pages, uh, which, frankly, I had to know about so I could pass the tests. And, he, but he was grandpa. So when when you're with him, it's grandpa. It's not, uh, and that kind of grows on you after he's gone. But it, you know, you just separated. I separated into two different people. Well, you know, grandpa with the Secret Service detail, and you always went to the front of line. And my my late brother William once said to my father after we were traveling with grandpa, probably going down to Key West, and. It had been a limousine and then a plane and then another limousine and then another plane. And Will finally turned to our father and said, Dad, are we getting richer? <laughs> and my father just put his hand on his shoulder and said, no, we're just traveling with your grandfather. So, well, well, tell me about Harry Truman as grandpa. Uh, I mean, was was he uh, a, a warm guy involved in, in things you were doing at school? Did you get, get to see him often? Tell me a bit about that. We saw them. We only saw them two or three times a year at holidays, and, and of course, the best vacations were going down to Key West with them for our spring break from school. He was—you uh, had to watch out for Grandpa because he would teach you something if he could get a hold of you. When I was very young, he stayed down the street from our apartment in New York in a in the Carlisle Hotel, and he he was always up at five o'clock in the morning. Went for a walk, grabbed the newspapers, you know, grabbed some breakfast, grabbed the newspapers came up to our apartment, let himself in, and read the paper until somebody woke up. And Will and I were the first ones down one morning. We tried to sneak past him to get to the television set in the den, and he caught us. And he went in the den, he took a book down from the shelf, and he said, you're not going to watch TV, you're going to sit with me and read. He didn't argue with him, so we sat down and he opened the book. My mother came downstairs 10, 15 minutes later and just couldn't believe her eyes. We were sitting on either side of Grandpa and not moving a muscle, making a sound. Well, he read to us from a book that didn't have any pictures in it. <laughs> and she, she said, what are, you, what are you reading to those kids? And he showed her the book. It was Thucydides, History of the Peloponnesian War. <laughs> At, it, was, it was 6 o'clock in the morning to a 4-year-old and a 2-year-old. So, now, 
had to be careful. <laughs> we, we of course, uh, have come to uh, admire Harry S. Truman uh, as a, a plain-spoken politician, a guy who called it as he saw it uh, and, and didn't mince words. And uh, uh, we, we know this, of course, even is uh, the, the reason that the show you're doing has the title that it has, Give Him Hell Harry. Uh, I, I do have to ask about this because of all the things I've read about your grandfather and uh, his, his work in politics, one of my favorite stories had to do with your mother, who, of course, was a, a singer back in the uh, in the 40s when uh, Harry Truman was in the White House uh, and was the subject of an unflattering review that your grandfather responded rather forcefully to. <laughs> did, did that story ever get discussed in your family? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, of course, if the man's name was Paul Hume, and I'll say up front that Grandpa and Mr. Hume put it behind him in later years. Mr. Hume visited the Truman Library, and they, they patched it all up. But Grandpa was furious. Not only that, that Mr. Hume had not written a very nice review of my mother's singing, but the morning of the concert, his old friend, Charlie Ross, his press secretary, had died at his desk of a massive heart attack. Mm. And Grandpa was in a foul mood. So he read that review and he wrote Mr. Hume a letter that ended with, you know, if I ever meet you, you're going to need a new nose, stakes for black eyes and perhaps a supporter below. And he just sent that off with the with the head usher. My mother... The mail ran 80 to 20 percent in Grandpa's favor, apparently, afterwards. But my mother always said that when I asked her about the review, she said, you know, something like that just sells more tickets. And and she was very grateful that old-fashioned chivalry had not died, that her father <laughs> defended her like that. <laughs> well, that brings us to next week. You'll be coming to Springfield to perform Give Him Hell, Harry. And, and as I mentioned, the title itself also references your, your grandfather's plain-spoken ways. Uh, relate the story of, of how the title comes about. Uh, it's on the campaign, the 1948 campaigns, and somebody, and I'm not sure I know who, but somebody in the crowd when he was haranguing the 80th Republican Congress uh, from the back of the Ferdinand Magellan train car. Somebody yelled out, give him hell, Harry. And he yelled back, I'm not giving him hell. I'm just telling the truth on him. And it feels like hell. <laughs> and that's, and then it became... Then it became the watchword after that. And, and those are the the sorts of stories that make up this one-man show, Give Him Hell, Harry. So, Clifton Daniel, if you would, give us the details about your appearances here in Springfield. This is a, a benefit performance over two nights. So tell yep. us uh, where people can go, how they can see you, and how they can see your grandfather brought to life on stage. It's at the uh, Illinois Masonic Center. Uh, they uh, go through their website. You can get tickets, and uh, we're going to do it at uh, 7 o'clock on the 24th and 25th. All right, and so, again, you can uh, search uh, for the Illinois Masonic Center. Uh, they've got a page on Facebook for this show. Uh, tickets available online September 24th and 25th, 7 p.m., to see Clifton Daniel performing Give Him Hell Harry here in Springfield. Mr. Daniel, uh, what an honor to talk to you, sir. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm uh, certainly hoping to be able to get there and, and see the show and to see uh, uh, Harry S. Truman back before our eyes again next weekend. Thank you again. Great to talk to you. Thank you for having me, Jen.